Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with you here. And if you're uh, following us on C19 TV, if you're looking at the broadcast, the television version, thank you. And if you're listening to the radio version through WGWG, we appreciate that as well. Uh, we have a face that may be familiar if you saw the holiday edition uh, of this show where uh, Jason Black talked about why Die Hard was not a Christmas movie. But now we've got Jason back to talk about other things. So, Jason, welcome back. Thank you. Did you see George Clooney recently came out, said the same thing? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely not. Well, you know, George is known to be wrong at least twice in his life. So, I, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to go there. But I'm really glad to have you, man. Uh, you and I have known each other for a few years. We've yeah. worked together on some uh, nominating committees for the uh, Critics' Choice and uh, glad to have you on the show, man. Been hoping to have you for a while, and I'm glad it worked out. Well, I appreciate you having me. You know, you've never asked, so I don't know how long this you, you've been wanting to have me. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Okay, I'm to blame. I meant yeah. to ask. I meant to ask. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> it's always the intention, man. It's always mm -hmm. about the intention. Oh, sure it is. Yep. Well, well, Jason, give us a little background on on uh, how you're involved in film now, and then I will we'll dive back into your background, but. But where, where can people find you now if they're wanting to look at some of your work relating to, to film criticism? Well, so mainly, if you talk about, I, I love that you describe it as film criticism. Um, what I do is probably the lowest common denominator of <laughs> film criticism that you could possibly have. So I am on Top 40 Radio, mainly. That's my main outlet in Oklahoma City on KJYO. So it is a, uh, you know, Top 40 station on the morning show. Every Friday we do... We do the reviews and we do have a good time with it. But, you know, otherwise, um, I have an Instagram and I have Twitter where I will typically just give bite-sized reviews. And what I was doing for a while pre-pandemic was that I was trying to, I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead. And so I was matching up um, particular shoes with a movie to try and find a match. Um, you know, sometimes it worked better than others. Uh, but since the pandemic, I mean, I, I guess I could just take a picture of the couch with my <laughs> shoes, but so I haven't done that as much, but otherwise, you know, it's, it's, a, it's still a good time. So where did you get this love of film and this joy of, of exploring filmmaking? Where did that come from? Well, you know, I don't, I don't ever remember a time in my life where movies weren't a thing. You know, I don't remember discovering them. I don't remember... Um, figuring out, oh, I like these. I just think it's always been part of the fabric of my life. Uh, we always went to movies when I was a kid. Um, one of my earliest memories is my uncle taking me to 101 Dalmatians, which is the first movie I ever saw in a theater. My grandmother, who was a big influence on me, just, I mean, in, in really a lot of areas, but I've come to realize later on gosh, she loved Hollywood. She loved movie stars. She loved to go to the theater and we always got popcorn and she got mad at me that time that I dropped it and we couldn't get a refill. And, you know, so just that it's just always been a part of me. And then one day I saw the movie Rudy and I thought to myself, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be like Rudy. I'm going to, I'm going to work at a movie theater and just be a part of it. And that actually never happened. But, uh, but still like I, I wanted to be a part of film and so uh i did you know make movies when i was a kid like we all did you know with the super 8 uh camera that was our dad's that i got to borrow and hope he didn't get mad if it was broken or you know we all did those things 
And then I went to school for broadcast journalism because my thought was, if you're gonna do something, do something that's going to hopefully get you on television. And then, which I think, you know, you, you, you know all about that. So um, I moved out to LA for a while and did a little bit of acting, did a little bit of stand up. And then when I moved back, my buddy is the uh, host of the local radio station where I actually used to work. And he said, hey, listen, if we could get you into movies, would you come on the air and just do a bit for us where you review them? And I said, done. And so, <laughs> and, and next thing you know, Noel Thomas Manning II is asking me to be on his show. <laughs> it's all downhill. This is the pinnacle. This was it. Hey, man. I'm happy to have you here, man. From 101 Dalmatians to Noel Manning. This is how it goes. That's it, man. That's it. So uh, once you started doing some of these movie reviews, uh, what kind of feedback did you get? Did you did you get some good positive feedback where you're like, hey, okay, I think I'm going to do more of this? Yeah. So, I mean, really, I would do it as long as they would have me. I, I, I mean, it's yeah. it's the one thing that I hold on to that I would, I you know, I... Every now and again, I, I'm thinking I might be getting that call that goes, you know, I don't think we need you anymore. But so as far as feedback goes, I probably gotten more negative feedback than positive because what I have discovered is that if you make somebody mad with an opinion or just with a, an off comment that I don't think means anything, they wanna call in, they wanna complain. If they like you, or if or if they don't even notice you, you find out they don't even they don't even know you exist. So what I what I figured out early on was, it's not so much a matter of do I like this movie or do I not like this movie, as much as I just need to make this segment entertaining, something okay. that people are going to listen to. Because the truth is, there's probably a segment of the population that hears what I say and they go, they might go, you know, I was going to see that, but I've I heard the guy on the radio say it's not great. And I've talked to a few other people and they say it's not great. So now I'm not going to go. But otherwise, I think most people, if they want to see something, they're probably going to see it no matter what I say. Right. Also, you're probably the same as me, Noel, where a lot of times you, you walk out of a movie and you kind of go, it was fine. <laughs> you know, so, but, but on the radio, no one wants to hear it's fine. <laughs> so I have to go on. I got to give a take. I've got to yeah. give something. Yeah. And then, you know, once you once you get talking about the Twilight series and you talk about how bad it is, and then <laughs> the Twilight fans get mad and call in, <laughs> you at least know you're moving the needle on somebody. <laughs> well, I've, I've always found it a whole lot easier to talk about the films that are great or the films that are really, really bad. Yeah. Then you said those, I mean, those that are average, those films that, you know, I, I give a report card rating like a, an A plus to an F. And so the movies yeah. that are C, you know, those are their forgettable films. Mm -hmm. And what I found is bad films, I remember bad films for yeah. years to come. I will remember bad films. I'll also remember inc incredible films that are kind of on my top list. Uh, so, so how do you manage those films that are those borderline just that are in the in the middle that are average of C or C plus? How do you manage getting people to listen to your thoughts on those? Well, so usually what I try and do is find something that I can make a joke about or I can there's some sort of something. So, you know, I know we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit later, but 
maybe there's a story from the Critics Choice Awards where one of the stars we had some sort of interaction. Right. Right. So I try and weave something like that in there where they can hear that and go, oh, well, that's interesting. And oh, by the way, the movie is whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I, I try to do something like that. Or we do, may just not spend a lot of time on it. You know, we may just mention it and just move on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Are there films or filmmakers that you feel drawn to today that whenever you hear they're making something, you're like, okay, I'm going to have that on my list. I, I really want to check that out. Well, Tarantino, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure everybody else feels the same way, but he's my guy where I just, I hear, you know, if he's doing something, I want to do it. I want to see it no matter what. Um, you know, I'm at this 10 movie thing that he's talking about. I'm just, I'm just devastated. I hope that he, I hope it, he doesn't hold to it. Um, you know, in, in obviously Spielberg's always going to be a guy that if he does something, I'll see it probably no matter what. Scorsese's in that in that category too. You know, Scorsese for me, he's got hits and misses, but oh boy, his hits. Right. Uh, I mean, they're just they're just life changing to me. So those guys are really probably my guys. You know, and also I really I don't think Christopher Nolan's made a bad movie. Um, I think everything he does is is at least innovative, at least right. giving it some thought. And then and then Denis Villeneuve is another guy that I feel like. You know, it wasn't anybody that was on my radar. And then I think I saw Arrival and I realized, wait a minute, I think I've loved every movie that this guy has done. So those those types of guys are, are people that I, I really pay attention to or, or can't wait for them to make more movies. Now, what about the other side? Are there people that you say, I'm going to stay away from? Well, you know, I or, get a lot of... <laughs> I know sometimes you can't when you're asked to review it, but if you had your choice, <laughs> what are some of the ones you might stay away from? Well, so with, within film criticism, this is not a popular thing to say, but I think Terrence Malick is unwatchable. I, I just don't, and, and you say like, hey, you know, you don't wanna, you may not be able to stay away from it. Yeah, I can, because <laughs> I don't, his, his movies, do they even come out in theaters? I feel, I, I don't ever, I, they're supposed to be out, they are out, they're three hours. They're, I, what? I, I don't ever know. I, I don't. He, and he's from Oklahoma, by the way, which is where I'm from. So we're supposed to celebrate this guy. And I'm sure he's a nice man. But I, I can't I can't do his movies. I, th I think they're unwatchable. <laughs> so is that the one you're going to stick with? Nobody else you want to you want to put in the list? There's probably you know, there there are people that I may not like all of their stuff yeah. but usually you know or someone like well i mean i thought that was pretty good and usually if they just keep making stuff you know terrence malick's gonna be able to make movies the rest of his life but most people can can keep going you know they, they just get that blank check a lot of times even if it's just on the film criticism side if they're smaller pictures yeah well yeah as we look at at what's happened here within the pandemic i mean it's changed everything that we do it's changed every things that everybody's done but as far as film criticism you know Studios have now said, okay, we'll send you screener links that you can watch mm -hmm. on your home device, however you want to do it. Yeah. Um, and they used to say, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. And of course, they could. They could. <laughs> we knew they could. Yeah. We, yeah. we found just how much they could do yeah. that now. Now, I definitely prefer to, to go into theaters uh, and watch uh, films, but we're not ready yet. You know, not, as, not in the masses. So, how have your habits changed, not just how you do, but maybe what you choose to watch from a filmmaking standpoint during the pandemic? 
Well, honestly, I probably watched more movies this year than I ever have, um, just because of that accessibility, like you're saying, of, of even the links that were getting sent or people up, you know, sometimes they upload them to an app or something like right. that. Um, so my viewing habits have changed where, you know, in the old days, it was easy for me to go on and you look to see at a release calendar and you go, okay, and you know, we, we get a screening invite or, or I mean, there'd be a lot of times I just go to a movie Thursday night because I want to review it. We didn't get, yeah. we didn't get to see a media and that's okay. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, um, so now it's, it's a little bit harder to figure out what's coming up one, what day and how do you watch it? Is it on VOD? Is it streaming somewhere? I don't quite understand it, but I will say as much as I love the theater going experience, um, when you have young kids and when you've got other things going on, it's kind of nice just to go, what's the Netflix movie this Friday? And right. you fire it up and, you know, those are hit or miss too. But yeah. I got to say, I'm kind of looking forward to the HBO Max slate this year. I know I, I don't blame people for not liking it. I don't blame filmmakers for not liking it. But if I can stay home and, yes. and we can watch it because we already have HBO Max, you know, I, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah, the, the convenience of it for those who love movies, uh, regardless of whether you're a film critic or just a film fan. Yeah. That model, uh, it, it may be something that we're gonna see other studios starting to do uh, in some form or fashion. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm excited about it as well. And, and I think you know, there are some films that uh, aren't gonna necessarily have to go to theaters anymore. Uh, right. Other platforms and, and people are gonna embrace them just the same. You are watching right. Meet Me in the Movies right here on C19 TV. And if you're listening through radio, that's WGWG. I'm Noel T. Manning II, joined, with Jace, joined by Jason Black. And we're talking movies right here. We're going to take a quick intermission. We'll be back with more uh, right here. So stick around. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Listen up. Do you have a passion for cooking? A desire to learn more about the craft of professional food preparation? If so, now's a great time to check out Cleveland Community College's brand new Culinary Arts Academy. This exciting three-month program offers hands-on training for jobs in the food service industry. Across the nation, food service is one of the fastest growing industries. With your training at CCC's Culinary Arts Academy, you can compete for jobs in hotels, restaurants, conference centers, cruise ships and other settings. Enroll in CCC's program and you'll gain in-depth training in food procedures, preparation, and commercial kitchen operations. Plus, the program includes a special add-on. You'll get your certificate in cardiopulmonary resuscitation or CPR training. You can earn good money too. Depending on where you work, starting salaries range from $20,000 to $50,000. In just 12 weeks, you can be well on your way to gaining the know-how to handle food safely, properly, as a true professional. Now ask yourself, are you ready to start your journey today at CCC? Chef Paul Prudhomme once said, you don't need a silver fork to eat good food. Well, on Cleveland County Kitchen, we don't have a silver fork, but we sure do serve up lots of good food. Hi, I'm Deborah Blanton. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. Each month, we offer a complete farm-to-table experience. We visit local growers, we learn about nutrition, and wrap things up with wonderful meals prepared by our guest chefs. It's a lot of fun. I hope you'll join me for the next Cleveland County Kitchen. 
CCC, we're all about training students for exciting careers. Our Barber Academy is a great example. Did you know jobs for barbers, stylists, and other related fields are increasing? Competition for the best jobs will be strong. With your CCC training, you'll have a definite edge. Our courses give you the skills and knowledge you need to sit for North Carolina's Apprentice Barber Exam. To move up the ladder, you need at least one year of on-the-job training before you take the state's registered barber exam. If you pass, it's official. You'll be a registered barber. While private barber schools can cost $10,000 or more, CCC makes it affordable. Plus, you can complete our Barber Academy in only 15 months. Now the question is, are you ready to start your journey today? They're gonna put me in the movies. They're gonna make a big star out of me. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. Noel T. Manning II here with Jason Black, and we are talking cinema. Before the break, we were talking about some of the changes during the pandemic and, and talking about how HBO Max just decided they're going to put a whole bunch of films out there that are Warner Brothers related films that we're going to go to theaters. Some will still hit some theaters, but you know, you're going to be able to see them from your own home around the same time. Disney Plus uh, did something similar with Mulan uh, to not quite as much success. And I think the problem with Disney Plus from my standpoint was if you subscribe to Disney Plus, you still had to pay yeah. 30 bucks in yeah. order to watch Mulan. I think that was a mistake on their part. I, I think they could have said, oh, if you want to buy it, you can buy it for 20 bucks or whatever, and, and maybe you rent it for a little less. Yeah. Uh, they messed up there. I think they really messed up there. Well, a couple of things about that. I think, I think first off, I think the expectation was, okay, I can pay $30 to watch it now, or they're just going to put it on in a couple of months. And when you have really little kids, they don't even know what a calendar is. Yes. So they don't know that Mulan yeah. comes out today or right. in two months. They don't know the difference. Now, I will say, if we're just talking economics, if you say 30 bucks for a movie, which is a little steep, but my kids, this was a couple of, last year, a couple of, I don't even remember what year it was, 2019 maybe. And one, one weekend they go, we want to go see a movie. I said, okay, well, let me look here. Okay, Angry Birds 2, we'll see that. I go buy three tickets for us. They want to get snacks. I looked up, Noel, I spent $60 on Angry Birds 2. Oh, you know? oh, so man. if you tell me $30 for yes. Milan and we get to yeah. stay home, I, you know, now it starts to make a little bit more sense. Right. But, it, but your, your points are valid. But I, I can sort of see the argument for why they did it that way. Yeah, and I think if you look at it through that lens of, hey, if a family of four mm -hmm. uh, were, were to go see it in a the theater, that's a different story. But if you're a, yeah. you know, if you're a single person, living at home and you want to see it, ah, you know, you may have to think twice about it. Well, no, I'm not so sure that Mulan's core <laughs> audience was the single guy living at home, but you know, well, we, there's something for everybody, right? That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. Well, well, 2020 was a very odd year. So if you look back at 2020, were there films that resonated with you that you are going to remember and, and think about as we're approaching the, the Critics' Choice Awards, coming up, I think now in March, who knows if that might change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, so I, I actually think this has been a good year. Um, there are some years where I look up and I go, gosh, what what came out this year that was any good? Um, I don't know that there was a lot of stuff that I loved, loved, um, but you know, I go back to, I know it's a little, a little divisive, but 
I thought Tenant was awesome. I, I, I thought it was really cool. I did not understand it. Um, <laughs> Like I couldn't understand what they were saying and I couldn't quite right. follow what the plot was. But uh, I think just as far as innovation is concerned yeah. and the and just watching some of those scenes going, I don't understand. Like I, I couldn't make a movie anyway, but when you watch that and you go, I don't even comprehend how they just shot this. Um, so yeah, I thought Tenet was pretty awesome. Yeah. You, you know, I, I've got to mention, and it's our guy, but, um, you know, Craig Singer co-wrote, but I thought Vasta Night on um, Amazon Prime was excellent. It's uh, it's kind of a throwback to, uh, there's been some, there's been some comparisons to Spielberg, and which I think is kind of fun, but there, it's a, it's a throwback movie. It's on Prime. It's, uh, it's got some sci-fi elements, not horror, but, you know, thrilling elements yeah. to it. And I, I thought that it was really well done and really cool. That's one that I'm, I'm definitely going to watch for, for years to come. Yeah. Well, very cool. Very cool. Well, we've, uh, it, it is a very odd year uh, as we're looking at award season because certain film critic groups, including some that I've been a, a part of, we've already voted. Mm -hmm. Yet there've been some films that have been released over the past couple weeks that if I had seen back in December, yeah, on my list. Cherry is one of those, uh, the Tom Holland uh, film. And, I didn't get to see it yet, but I'm hoping to, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those that's truly innovative. The Russo brothers did something different when you were talking about Christopher Nolan and, and innovation. Mm -hmm. Cherry is one of those that I, I felt was innovative storytelling you know, in, in a certain way. But award season is going to look a lot different. Uh, you know, normally when you're looking at award season, you can look at, say, from, you know, December when the first awards come out through the Oscars, and there are some similarities that pop up. Yeah. I think we're going to see more changes this year than probably ever uh, in our memory because of award season with, like, Critics' Choice, Golden Globes, Southeastern Film Critics Association, uh, the Oscars, because they are delayed. You know, we're seeing some other films are going to be popping out over the course of the next month that yeah. may show up as the best of. And then next year, film like North Carolina film critics, we may have a film that won last yeah. year for the Oscar. So it's going to be really yeah, odd. Yeah, yeah, it's going right. to be really odd. Yeah, and I think also it's going to be you're going to look at it and go, wait, did that come out this year or <laughs> yeah. or was that? So for instance, Oklahoma Film Critics Circle, we voted in the uh, Minari won uh, Best Picture. It was actually shot here in Oklahoma, but takes place in Arkansas. It's not out, and so and it doesn't come out until. February. In fact, I think only people from Sundance and then I'm sure some critics groups have seen it. But, um, you know, it, it is interesting to think about how we're going to have a hard time figuring. It's like the Super Bowl, you know, when you describe like, uh, well, that was the 2010 season, but it was the 2011 Super Bowl. It's always hard to, to figure <laughs> out with the, the championship year. That's right. And, and just so you know, uh, North Carolina film critics also gave Minari uh, oh. top, top film honor so it's oh cool good it's a great one it's a great yeah one. it's good uh well you and i have, have, have been able to take part in some of these uh film critic uh gatherings uh we we've yeah. been uh been at some of the events we've met some filmmakers we've also interviewed them through zoom or uh, phone calls or, or other other means tell me about one of your single most favorite interactions with a filmmaker Okay. Well, I've got a few. I know we only have a certain amount of time, but um, so for, for one, when we were, we were building a house. And so when it was just the, the studs, um, my wife had seen where people would go through and like put 
Bible verses in different areas of the house. So it's like part of the house. And so there was the part where I knew I was going to put the television and I said, hey, is it cool if I just put something up and you don't worry about it? She goes, sure. So I did Ezekiel 25, 17, where we're going to watch movies, right, from Pulp Fiction. So I had heard that Tarantino is not big into pictures and things like that, but he is really approachable. Like he's a really affable guy. And so I just had a picture of me standing next to it. And so I walked up to him and just said, Hey, look, I don't want anything from you. Cause I had my phone, you know, I said, I don't want anything. I just want to show you something. And he could not have been happier <laughs> that awesome. this was a part of our home, that this was going to be, you know, within this home forever. Yeah. He couldn't have been happier about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always, I've met Judd Apatow a couple of times and he's always so nice and so talkative, talkative and everything else. And I, there was one time where I had previously had thought, you know, I want to ask Judd a question if I happen to see him. And I happen to see him when I was going into the bathroom and I said, hey, listen, not the time, but <laughs> I've got a question for you if I, if I run into you later on. He goes, oh yeah, sure. And so when I approached him, he said, uh, everything go okay in there? Which I thought was <laughs> a funny thing to do. And you know who's great is Christopher McQuarrie, who may not have as big a name, but um, he's the guy that does all the, the uh, Mission Impossible movies and is just such an open book. You know, we approached him and talked to him for a while and he has nothing where, he doesn't hold anything back. We, we were asking him like, give us some of the, give us some dirt on, you know, who, who's written on a script that nobody knows about. And he was telling us about how certain people have come in to save movies. And I mean, he, he was great. It was just so cool to, to talk to him about that kind of stuff. It really is uh, amazing at the Critics' Choice Awards, for, for example, to be able to be sitting at tables with the filmmakers right beside you at your yeah. table or, or behind you. And you talk about the approachability. So many of those are very approachable. And that's something that, uh, that I found out uh, after that first time I went, first time I went, you know, I was told hands off. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. don't go talk to him. Don't do it. And then I'm like, well, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can. I, I mean, within you, reason, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't chase them in the bathroom. You don't chase them in the bathroom. Well, and that was, Hey, I learned my lesson there. Um, <laughs> no, right. well, and you don't, you don't talk to them mid bite and you don't, right. and if they're talking to their wife or, or yeah. husband and they, you know, obviously we don't, you know, you, you never want to, you never want to bother anybody, but it also, Hey, who does it ever get old hearing about how great you are? I mean, <laughs> if that's what you want to tell them and they're willing to listen, then yeah. let's go. Yeah. I, I, you know, last year was, was pretty amazing. And uh, came came back with so many pictures and, and Thomas got to go with me and then Catherine yeah. my daughter got to go with me a few years earlier and my wife was, my wife was slated for this year but with it being a pandemic year we're going to probably push that off I know I know it's a <laughs> Cause, bummer because you and I said earlier nobody's going to want to take selfies with you this year it's just I don't think so. they may not want to anyway but they definitely <laughs> don't this year yeah. that's right well uh well Jason Black our guest right here on meet me at the movies and uh Jason do you have any final thoughts final comments you want to make sure you share with our audience well, I just want to say thank you, Noel, for finally asking me to be on this show. I've been I've been watching from afar. I've been hoping you'd ask, and then uh, finally that dream came true. So, uh, you know, it, I would say if for lasting thoughts, keep listening to Noel, keep watching him, uh, support everything he does, and maybe someday I will meet you at the movies. <laughs> Jason Black, where can people find your work, man? Where can they find it? 
Uh, on Twitter, FlickKicks23. I think it's the same thing on Instagram. It goes back to wearing shoes and watching movies. It's you know a decent idea. We'll see if it. We'll see if anything comes of it. <laughs> and spell that out so they don't make sure they spell it right. Uh, F L I C K K I C K S twenty three for Michael it. Jordan, baby, North Carolina. Oh, hey, Jason Black, our guest right here on Meet Me at the Movies. So glad you could join us, man. Good to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. And for all those out there that are uh, spending time with us, whether that's through TV or whether that's through radio, you can always email us info at c19.tv. We will respond, and we do take viewer mail as well, and we take non-viewer mail also. If you're out there, let us know what you're thinking. Until next time, I'm Noel T. Manning II for Jason Black and for the cast and crew right here at Meet Me the Movies. That's a wrap. Have a good